You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. If I haven't met you yet, my name is David, and I'm the group's pastor here at Calvary, and it's my privilege to preach the word this morning. I was thinking, well, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Nick did a pinata. That was amazing. And then last week, um, last week, Pastor Lance ate cake on the platform, and uh, I'm supposed to be preaching this morning about holy risk and burning the plows, and I was going to talk to Jason LaFretta and have a major pyrotechnic show, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't have anything exciting for you today, so we can pack up. I'll see you next week. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. The year was 1857. It was in that year that someone was born that would ultimately become a household name. He dropped out of school at age 15 and became an apprentice in a candy-making business. He felt he had learned enough, and so he tried to strike out on his own, and he started a, a confectionery business in the city of Philadelphia. He worked so hard to make it go of it, but he ultimately ended up closing the business because he didn't do well. He moved west to work with his father, and uh, while out west, he worked in the confectionery business and learned about caramel and thought that was amazing. And so he left that and moved back uh, toward Chicago and then ultimately New York and tried caramel business in those areas. And guess what? They both fell apart. He came back to his home, his home state of Pennsylvania. And he said, well, let me see what I can do here. And during that time of moving back to his home state, he, he saw, he went to some sort of conference at that time where they made chocolate. And he thought of, how can I bring chocolate and caramel and all that together? And before you knew it, he had started a successful business. His name was Milton Hershey, and the rest is history. I say all that to say this that he struck out time and time and time again. He gave everything he had, but in the world's eyes, he failed. In a business world, he failed. But he kept trying. What Milton Hershey did was a risk. To start your own business is a risk. But failure, my friend, isn't final until you stop getting back up. Say amen or ouch. Failure is not final until you stop getting back up. And Milton Hershey kept getting back up, and he kept getting back up, and you and I are praising Jesus today that Milton Hershey did not give up. How many are chocolate lovers in the house today? Don't you wish online that you could have this? It has almonds in it. It's even better. Today I want to talk for a few minutes about a man in the Scriptures who took a risk. As I was preparing for this message, I had no idea that Pastor Nick for communion was going to preach my message for me, but maybe sometimes we need to hear the same stuff repeated. As anybody who's a teacher in the building knows, you have to repeat stuff again and again before sometimes we get it. And that goes for us as adults, too. 
In the book of 1 Kings, in the Old Testament, in chapter 19, we see a story. And it was the story of a prophet, Elijah. And God spoke to Elijah and said, I want you to go and appoint your successor. And so the scripture says, uh, Elijah went from there, in, in chapter 19, he went from there and he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th. And down in verse 21, after Elijah, Elijah throws his cloak on him, Verse 21, he says, so Elisha left and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. Let's step back for a minute and look at the scripture. Elisha was minding his own business. He was going about his life, his daily life. He got up. He had his coffee. He went to work. He did his work. He came back home. He had dinner. He went to bed. He got up the next morning. He had his coffee. Sound familiar to anybody? Okay, there we go. I thought you all left. I couldn't see you. Minding his business, going about his daily life, working the family farm, perhaps enjoying time with family and friends, and out of nowhere, this prophet of God shows up and says, follow me. Elisha knew that that was a call from God. And so he took the thing that he used to make his living, and he killed the oxen, and he made a big feast, and he burnt the yokes, he burnt the thing so he couldn't go back. I'm not sure you realize how radical this was. This was his livelihood. This was all he knew. This is what was familiar to him. And he burnt the plows. In 1990, there was a young man who was minding his own business, working a good job and going to college for computer science. Within a year of being able to finish that degree, this young man felt a tugging to go to Bible college. He resisted it at first, rejecting the idea. Surely God wasn't calling him to ministry. About that time, he was offered a promotion at work where his salary would have doubled. As a single man and your salary doubling, that's a good day. His friends thought he was crazy, leaving home and a good job, but he did it. It was a risk. And a further confirmation of that decision was six months after he left that job, the entire chain closed down. That young man was me. And God took this young man who was voted the most shy in his senior class. That's when I had hair. And he made a preacher out of me. It was a risk. I was afraid to ask a girl out in my junior year of high school to go on a date with me. My friends asked her out for me. I was shy. So for you shy people in the room, you got no excuse now. Because God took somebody who was the most shy in 1986, you can do the math, and made a preacher out of him. Risk. It's not safe. It's not familiar. It's not comfortable. But if you're pursuing God and you take a risk to follow him, you will live a life of no 
regrets. I want to offer you a few keys to taking a holy risk and how to do what you feel God's calling you to do. First, who is the loudest voice in your life? Who is the loudest voice in your life? There are a lot of voices that speak to us. Friends speak to us. Family speaks to us. We talk to ourselves. Anybody in the room, talk to yourself. Any of you talk back? Yeah, we got to pray for you. Who do you allow to speak into your life? Sometimes it's the critics. Sometimes it's people's opinions, and everybody's got opinions today. All we, do, all we need is a keyboard or thumbs, and everybody's got opinions. And fr- frankly, sometimes our own self-talk is the loudest. Have you ever said to yourself, I could never do that by a show of hands or a comment in the chat? How many have said, I could never do that? I can see, even with the lights in my eyes, I can see a bunch of hands. I could never do that. When I was in high school, I remember riding the bus home and I said these words, I never want to be a teacher. When I graduated Bible college, my first job was being a teacher. Something I never wanted to do and God must have laughed himself silly as I rode that bus home that guess what I'm going to do in his life. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this, so faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. So the voices that you listen to are absolutely critically important to take the holy risk. And you have to listen to the voices that are listening to God. And you have to listen for yourself of who am I hearing? What am I listening to? There were some people that when I left for Bible college, they thought I was crazy. You've never been there. You've never visited that college. You don't know what it's like. You don't know anything about it. I had never seen the place. All I did was get in my car and leave home. And I pulled up in front of the Bible college and I looked at it and it was a startup from our main campus and I looked at it and said, you've got to be kidding me. It was run down. It was an old Bible camp, paint peeling everywhere and I was too embarrassed to go home so I stayed. <laughs> I took the risk. And I am so glad that I stayed. What voice are you listening to? If you listen to the word of God and allow it to be the loudest voice in your life, if you listen to the Holy Spirit and allow him to speak through his word to be the loudest voice in your life, you will never regret following what he calls you to do. We have to spend time in the word. You cannot live the Christian life and you cannot follow God if you are not taking time to know who he is. We've got to get in the word. We've got to dig into the word. We've got to read the word and let it change our lives. It's not about, you know, I followed a reading plan and I got through it this year. It's how, many, how much of that word got so in me, like David said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let that word dwell in you as the scripture is dwelling in you richly. Let it be in you and change your life. What good is it to read the word if your life isn't changed? What voice is speaking loudest to you? You know what else it is? It's not just the loudest voice, it's also our level of trust. I thought about doing a trust fall this morning, but I'm not 120 pounds like I was in high school. And I don't trust some of you to catch me, so (laughs) we won't be doing that this morning. 
but you've all seen a trust fall and maybe you participated in it. But you get the picture. Somebody just falling backwards, not trying to catch themselves and putting their entire confidence in those people to catch them so they don't hit the floor. That's trust. That's trust. Not putting your hands out to stop yourself, not grabbing for something, just folding your arms and falling. And you can do that because you trust the people who got your back. Can I tell you this morning that God always has your back? Hallelujah. That's a shout message right there. You put your confidence in the one. Trust can be a challenging thing. I'm not so naive to think that some of you this morning have been in situations where you trusted people and you got burnt. When somebody told you they were going to do one thing and they did another. When an employer said, I'm going to give you a raise after a certain amount of time and they took that back. When you were promised a promotion. There could be any number of places where you put your confidence and your trust in somebody and they let you down. But trust with God is always entirely worth it. His ways are always best. His ways are always good. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 say this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on, do not put your confidence in, don't put all of your effort in your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Sometimes we can put so much confidence in ourselves. How many have ever made a bad decision in your life? Okay, six of you. I'm at the wrong church this morning, Scott. How many ever made a bad decision in your life? Maybe it was having that burger after midnight that wasn't quite cooked. I don't know. You made a bad decision, and you looked at yourself and said, I knew better. I should have. I, I, ah! And I still made that bad decision. Don't trust in yourself, but trust in the Lord. He's been around forever. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above ours. And so we put our confidence in him and he will make straight our paths. Can I put it this way? If we can trust God for our salvation, can't we trust him for our future? If we trust him to take away our sins and forgive us and bring us into his family, can we not trust him for our future? I haven't met anybody yet, and I've been around ministry for a long time, and I've been around a lot of pastors for a long time. I have yet to meet a minister who said, I am sorry I went into the ministry. Oh, sure, there are bumps and bruises along the way, but I am grateful for God's call on my life. I'm grateful I took the risk and left everything. And friends, I've never been back home. Oh, I've been there to visit, but I've lived away from my home state since I left for Bible college. That was a risk. That was uncomfortable. I, when I lock on to people, I lock on to them. I'm there for a long time. And I left everything. I'm not praising myself up. You know, there are, there are ministers all across America and around the world who have left everything. They left family because of their love for Christ. Well, if I say yes to God, is he going to send me somewhere else? I don't know. But if he does, he'll give you the grace for where you are. Amen. I mean, for crying out loud, he put a Ravens fan in Pittsburgh territory. Come on. You all just shut me off. You're not going to listen to the rest of the message, are you? <laughs> I mean, we've got a KC fan on staff now. Come on, folks. 
God brings us all together. <laughs> Amen? If you can tr- believe God will forgive your sin, can't you believe him for your future? You know, if we, if, we get, if we get the first two points I spoke about, we're well on our way to this last one. If we can listen to God and trust him, the next logical step is to do what he asks us to do. It's great to, it's great to listen to his voice, and it's great to say, okay, I'll trust you, but it's a whole different thing to say, okay, I'm going to put feet to that. I'm going to trust God that what he asked me to do, he's going to do. What if Elijah said, you know, I hear you, Elijah, but he kept on plowing the fields. If he never left, if he didn't burn the plows. Maybe today there's some plows that uh, need burnt in your life. Maybe it's a plow of past pain. Maybe it's a plow of your own lack of self-confidence. This week, the founder of the Bible college I attended, who was my uncle by marriage, at 95 years old, passed from this life into the next. This man risked more than any other person I have ever met in my life. Starting the Bible college in 1959, there is literally graduates from this little tiny Bible college in Charleston, Maine, around the world. The sun never sets on one of our graduates because literally thousands from a little Bible college that graduates classes of 30 or 40 a year. He took a risk. He tried. He failed at some stuff. But he trusted God and he did what God called him to do. He burnt the plows. You ever heard the phrase, actions speak louder than words? Don't tell me you trust God and not take action. Don't tell me, yeah, I'm believing God, but there's no feet to that. The scripture tells us in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And I thought, that's an interesting little Last two words of that, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because sometimes we can think, well, I heard the word and I trust God, but if you don't do anything, you're deceiving yourself that you obeyed God. No, you didn't. Is it tough to obey God sometimes? Oh, yeah. Is it difficult to step out on the unknown? Absolutely. Is it challenging to think that, you know, if I do this, what will happen? Absolutely. If, you, if God directs you to do something, is there a fear with it? Oh, sure. Sure. There are times it's like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this is going to happen. But if you know the voice of God, and I'm not talking being influenced by other people. I'm talking about, God, I need to know that you want me to do this. I was minding my own business. I had a good job. I was going to Towson State University. I was close to getting my computer science degree. And I will never forget just the name of the Bible college echoing in my head. And I pushed it off. And I said, nope, no, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) You know, I'm shy. I'm afraid to talk to myself for crying out loud, let alone talk to people. Got to be kidding. No, I don't want that. For months, I just, you know, the Bible college name came coming to my mind. I finally went to my pastor and I said, Pastor Heffler, can you help me? 
I said, I just got offered this promotion at work. My pay's going to double, but I feel like God's calling me to Bible college. And I was waiting for the great wisdom from my pastor, and I love my pastor to this day. But they were waiting for the great wisdom to tell me what to do. And he says, you know what you're supposed to do. And that's all he said to me. And the meeting was over. And I thought at that moment I was mad at him. And then I sat on that for a minute or two and I thought, you know, he's right. God didn't call me to manage a department store. God called me to impact people's lives. And I'm just going to take a risk and walk away from my family and my friends and everything that's familiar to me and trust. And I'm not trying to make this message about me, but I have walked down this road, friend. And I have seen God do things in my life that I can't even explain to you. I have shared platforms with governors and representatives and senators. I have had the privilege of caring for political figures and major men of the faith. And what I would have missed by just saying no and not being willing to take a risk. And I don't say any of that to pat myself on the back. I am humble that God would take this shy young man, afraid of his own shadow, afraid to ask a girl on a date, and he would give me the privilege here 30 years later of preaching to this great church, working for a great pastor. What could God do? Young man over here who has just started on his journey, and I spoke to him one time and I said, Michael, God has got something great ahead of you. You don't even know what it is yet, but you're going to look back 20 years from now and say, wow, I am so glad that I trusted God. What can God do with somebody who says, I'm going to listen to you, I'm going to trust you, and yes, I'm going to step out onto the unknown. God, burn the plows behind me. Burn those things and let me move forward to what you have for me. Sometimes we burn them as individuals. Sometimes we burn them as a church. But we move forward to what God has. Jesus is coming, my friend. Time is too short to argue with ourselves. We just need to step out and say yes. 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 The band is going to sing this song and then I'm going to wrap it up. But what a great song. He gives beauty for ashes. He's the only one. Oh, Rosemary, he's the only one who can. He's the only one who can. He turns graves into gardens, Amber. He takes something that was dead and he speaks it to life. What could he do if you said yes? This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 